become misfortunes. Hey guys, welcome to episode 9 of Macabre Misfortunes. What up, y'all? Hi, Tracy. We're going to jump right into this. July 3rd, 1938. The Billhards family decided that they were going to go on a camping trip to Colorado's Rocky Mountain National Park. Now, this was Independence Day weekend, so they had a little bit you know, longer... Uh, weekend. I think the Independence Day was on a Monday. Oh, okay. So yeah. they had a three-day weekend, so they were going to take advantage of this. On this Independence Day weekend, the Bill Hart's four-year-old son went missing, and to this very day, he has never been found, and no sign of him has been found. Okay, wait. Was he missing on the way there, or after they got there? No, we're going to get into that. Oh. I had to fill up 30 minutes with something, so I figured I'd give you the details. Oh. <laughs> this story is shrouded in mystery and some controversy as we're going to get into. Now, most of this, uh, I would say the controversy was due to some strange report of the child being seen on top of a rock called the Devil's Nest. And this was an issue because it was really not an area that should have been accessible to a child. And it was six miles from where he vanished. And it was only... I think, they, I think they happened at one o'clock and he went missing earlier. The child shouldn't have been, a four-year-old shouldn't have been able to go through this terrain oh, but and yeah. get six miles away in such a short period of time. So that was one of the problems. But we're going to get into more details of that a, a little bit later. This was all, there was also a report of Alfred being seen with a mysterious man on a road in the area. So we're going to get into details of that, but I'm just giving you a little bit to tell you why there was some controversy. The kid's name was Alfred? Yes. Okay. He probably ran off on his own just because of that name. <laughs> if, I, if my name was Alfred and I was a four-year-old. Mm, that's uh, all right. In the 30s, I'm sure that was a pretty popular name. Of course. All right, so let's learn a little bit about the family and exactly what happened on the day of Alfred's disappearance. The Vilhart's family consisted of Father William, his wife, and ten children. That's a bunch. They were busy bees. They decided to take the camping trip with themselves and some family friends. They set up camp about a half a mile west of the Fall River Lodge. And the camping party was located near the Roaring River and Fall Rivers. They actually meet. Mm -hmm. The Roaring and Fall Rivers meet. And it was right in that uh, vicinity just below the Horseshoe Falls where their camp was set up. The family got up really early that morning. William, the dad, decided that he was going to walk to a nearby stream to wash up. Little Alfred came along with his father. Two of the family's friends, Oren Bronson and Walter Hansen, decided that they were going to go wash up also, but they were going to be about 500 feet upstream from the boy and his father. And when you think about that, that's about the length of two football fields. 
So you would still be able to see each other if it's a straight line. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know that if this was a straight line or not, mm-hmm. but they both knew approximately where each other were. Okay. And that's important. Because no, why they have to be so far apart? Well, I don't know. No. I don't know why they did They have that COVID way. back then? Huh? Was yeah. COVID I don't back think then? That's, I don't think it was COVID. Yeah. TB was running rampant in the 30s, so that's maybe. True. Anyways, William and Alfred finished up first. And as they started to head back to camp, at this point, Alfred decided, the little boy, that he was going to not come back with the father, but he was going to walk upstream to where... The friends were, Mm -hmm. and he was going to walk back with them. But when Walter and Oran got back to the camp, little Alfred was not with them. So the child had gone missing between the time that his father left and before the two men arrived, which really wasn't that long of a difference. It was just a very short period of time. Did dad know he was going down to the other Yes. Okay. Yes. So that leads me to believe that they could see each other from yeah, the distance. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't think he would have just said, oh, we'll just go find them. They're up that oh, way. Oh, no way. No go way. north, and when you see mm-hmm. this rock, whatever. I don't think he would have yeah. done that. So I think they probably could see each other. Mm-hmm. The campers then began searching for Albert, you know, almost immediately. With over a dozen people searching, they thought, you know, well, surely we're going to find him. Yeah. You know, how far could he have went? Plus, with over a dozen people screaming his name, it just stood to reason that he would hear them and come to somebody. So they should be able to find him in no time. At least that was a thought process. But after scouring the entire area, Alfred was not found. Having no luck, they decided that they needed to call the Park Service for help. The family contacted Ranger Mooman at the Fall River Ranger Station. Ranger Mooman immediately contacted Civilian Conservation Corps, and that's a work relief program that was actually created by President Roosevelt as part of the uh, the New Deal, and that was to help with search efforts. Good. There were over 100 members of the CCC searching within 45 minutes of that call. On Monday, July 4th, every one of the searchers were still combing the area with no sign of Alfred. You don't think he could have fell in the water? I think they probably thought about that, judging by what the next part of the story covers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, you didn't have your waiting on. Okay. <laughs> Bloodhounds from the Colorado State Prison were brought in, and they basically had no luck whatsoever. They couldn't really find any sense, but we're going to cover that in a little more detail in a little bit. But that was something that was thought of very early on. Now, at this point... Rangers were operating under the assumption that Alfred had fallen into the nearby Roaring River and had probably drowned. So they decided to dam up and divert the river on July 5th. They built a dam with sandbags, rocks, and logs, and they used grappling hooks and pikes to drag the river. Nothing was found. Next, they built a wire net near the Fall River in hopes that it would catch anything evidence mm-hmm. as it went by. Because obviously, like we said, the Roaring River we'll flows into down. the Fall right. River. So there you go. When this didn't work, they gave up the searching in the river. Now his parents, because of the recent results, they tell the rangers that they feel like he must have been abducted. They're not finding him anywhere. So that's the only conclusion they can come up with. 
The family was skeptical that he would have fallen in the water to begin with, and they felt like that he wouldn't have just left his family members, so they don't think he ran away. That's how they come to the conclusion they think he was abducted. On July 6th, searching continued. Now, on this point, they were primarily just searching the land, since they'd already given up on the river, but the searchers were becoming frustrated because they were finding no signs whatsoever. By Thursday the 7th, over 200 searchers were scouring the grounds. Searchers told reporters that they were convinced that Alfred had never drowned and that he had either gotten lost in the woods somewhere in the forest or was kidnapped. So this is what searchers were thinking along the same lines. They were convinced that if the boy had fallen into the river, that his body would have uh, not been able to pass by five different dams that beavers had built. Yeah. So he would have somehow got caught up on one of those yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. And even if he would have gotten past them, he would have been caught in the net that they set up. So this is when they called in the hound dogs that we talked about earlier. A human scent was detected, but it stopped at the river. Mm-hmm. Another set of dogs picked up a scent, but that was much higher elevation, but nothing came of that one. So the dogs basically didn't really accomplish much yeah, in what they were hoping so for. frustrating. Ten days out after Alfred went missing, the search was called off. All right, so let's jump around a little bit. On July 3rd, which was the day that Alfred went missing, a gentleman by the name of William Eels, he was a radio appliance employee from Denver, he was hiking in the Rocky Mountain National Park with his wife. They decided to take a rest and around 1 o'clock and look up at Mount Chapin. They were shocked to see that there was a young boy just sitting on a rock in the section of the mountainside known as the Devil's Nest. And as we said earlier, this was six miles from where Alfred went missing. Now here's the weird part. They said that the child made a shrill noise, almost like a shriek. Then the boy walked over to look over the edge and he appeared to have either been pulled or yanked back from the edge. Oh, darn. Some paranormal people think that this was some kind of an entity or something. Something paranormal that yanked him back. Other people, as you can imagine, lean towards, hey, somebody abducted him and this person yeah. yanked him back. So the two decided to hike to the place where they saw the kid and make sure he was okay. But when they got to the boulder that the kid was sitting on, there was no sign of him. They go back to their car, and then they hear on the news about a missing boy on the car radio. They drive back to their house. They lived in the area. Okay. They drive back to their house, and they check the newspaper, and they see a picture of the child and they confirmed that this was the child that they saw. So then they drive back to the park and report this to the rangers. Mm-hmm. Well, the rangers were skeptical, though, because of what we already talked about. They felt like it would have been impossible for Alfred to have made his way up the slope to Devil's Nest, period. Let alone to do it in the time that he did it. Yeah. This was apparently something that even experienced researchers and climbers had trouble doing. Oh, dang. This was just a four-year-old. Yeah. With no special equipment. It is important to note, though, that the rangers did eventually send 150 men up to search that area, but they came up empty. Oh, my God. 
On July 8th, FBI announced that it was performing a forensic test on a piece of soiled bandage that had been found in an abandoned cabin in the park. Now, this is a big deal because Alfred's mom said that Alfred had a blister on his foot and she had bandaged it with a very similar material Mm -hmm. that this bandage was. So she's thinking it could have been the bandage that was on his foot. And and it didn't get mentioned, but I'm thinking if he's got a blister on his foot, that makes it even more impossible that he probably could have traveled this far. Bless his heart. On that same day, a woman named Mrs. C.A. Lynch, who lived in Big Spring, Nebraska, said that she saw Alfred and a mysterious man walking along the highway together as her and her husband were driving from uh, Big Spring to, uh, I think it's called a gala. Mm-hmm. So, but that so he knew, or so she knew what hit the little boy looked like. Well, she didn't right then. Unfortunately, she didn't even realize that what she saw was important until she saw the story in the newspaper and she saw Alfred's picture. But she was adamant that this this was the boy that she saw. She tells her brother, I'm sorry, her brother-in-law. He then went to speak to detectives in Denver, a gentleman by the name of Sergeant Fred Renovati. This was two days after they saw that, saw this little boy. The people in the car? Yes. Okay. Now, this is kind of where it, it kind of stops for a little bit. And then there's a sad part. On November 27th in 1938, five months after the disappearance, the family received a ransom note. It said, Sorry for your son. We went west. Out of money. The boy doesn't take to us. We will return your son if you leave $500 in a can one block from your house and the note. We will return your son within 24 hours. But by two days later, police were convinced that this was a hoax. And they actually investigated two possible suspects on who perpetrated the hoax they were never named, and they were never formally charged. So really nothing came of that. That's horrible. Why would you do that? So that leaves us to ponder what really happened to Alfred Beatharts. Did he drown? Did he get lost in the woods and just, who knows? Was he abducted? And was there possible foul play by the family and then covered up? No. Okay. Let's play devil's advocate. You say no. Let's say hypothetically that the little boy's with his dad. He goes, his dad walks off. He goes to be with those other two guys. Let's say he goes up there to the two guys. Something happens. I don't know. Maybe something happens and he falls in the water or... um, He's one of the guys is wanting him to hurt go and he grabs his arm and he's fighting him and he falls and hits his head on a rock and dies or something. Maybe they panic and did something with him before they got back to camp. I'm not saying that happened. I'm just saying. But how does he end up on that rock then? That's if he actually did end up on the rock. People are saying they saw it, but they could have very well saw the story and then reported it and just saying, trying to get notoriety, just like the people who wrote the ransom. They wrote a ransom note, but didn't have him, I don't think. No, okay. I'm sorry if I don't be mad at me, but was there other kids? Oh, they had a whole bunch of kids in the family, but there was, they were like, but they were all together. together. Okay, he was yeah, the only yeah. one missing. 
Oh, Alfred is so cute. Why would you do that? He was a cute little boy. Little curly hair and stuff. Aww. But my guess, I w- I'm going to go with the assumption that he was abducted. Because the fact, the fact that those people say they saw him on a rock and the fact that that woman swears it was him on that road in that area leads me to believe that he was probably abducted. So what do you think happened? I think I'm very sad for that little boy. And I don't understand it. And I would pray to, to heaven that the parents did not have anything to do with that. Here's my concern. Okay, I do believe he was abducted. But how does a kid get abducted from walking 500 yards away to these other people that I'm I'm suspecting that they could see each other? You know, I, I'd like to know more about, hey, did the father yell down and say, hey, Oren, whatever, uh, he's going to walk back with you. First of all, the dad shouldn't have allowed that. The dad should have said, no, you need to come back with me. You're no, I, four. I agree. I agree. Four I and a half. No, I'm just kidding. But he, he should have came back with his dad. So I kind of put that on his dad. Now, I understand this is the 1930s where. You don't think about that stuff Things didn't, yeah. wouldn't as crazy as what they are today. But. The dad should have made the kid walk back with him. I agree. I would unless never, he, ever. Unless he had already yelled down and confirmed with them, hey, Alfred's coming down there. Are you guys good with that? And then, you know, there's a, some communication. But I, I probably still wouldn't have allowed it. But, it, you know, how does this kid just turn up missing within 500 yards? I mean, it really doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, and but those things happen, unfortunately. It happens that, now it does happen. on a daily basis. That's why... You know, I freak out with the with the grandkids. You know, I'm like, or like even where Susie with Susie's kids, their back this robe, which you know nobody yeah, even knows about, in the middle of nowhere. But still, they go out in the road, they take walks, and that scares the crap out of me because you don't know what kind of creep is hanging around. You just don't know. And you know, Kristen's a whole entire adult, but guess what? I still worry about you know her being by herself or you know not paying attention to her surroundings all that stuff it's just something what the point i'm trying to make is it's just something that parents do and i would never in a million years have let my four-year-old just walk off i don't care who it was i mean sadly there's stories you know like the little boy in the 60s in um the smoky mountain national park i mean yes yes i mean that little boy turned up missing and he was they were just basically playing a a quick game of hide and sink and just in a blink of an eye he was gone and yeah and that's that's the craziest thing and just that's how fast it can happen you know and it's just really a sad thing it's sad that it happens today you know but i can't imagine just thinking of a little four-year-old wandering around in the woods or whatever it's just terrible yeah i wish he was here i'd hug him yeah. I would never let him go. He would be, how old would he be now? That was 38, and he was four years old. He'd be, what, in his 80s? Yeah, I'd hug him still. I'd hug his neck so hard. All right, Tracy, are you ready for your morbid fact of the day? I'm ready. If bodies are kept in coffins that are sealed tight enough, such as in a wall-type memorial, like you see, like the mm-hmm. mausoleums, Sometimes enough gases can build up in the body that it basically explodes. I'm not ready. And can spill out onto the ground. Shut up. Are you kidding me? No, why would I make something like that up? 
So if somebody just walks in there and sees Oogie Googies all over the floor, that's their relatives? Well, I mean, if it's in one of those wall memorials, you're not going to see it all over the floor. What would it be? Well, I mean, it would be inside. That's the whole thing is it's sealed tight to where... Oh, well, aren't there some of them you can walk through? Yeah, Am but I I'm, crazy yes, no? yes, but I'm saying it would be inside of the vault area. Oh. Like down. Oh, it don't ooze out that because it's No, sealed. it's not going to ooze out That's gross. onto the mausoleum floor, but it might be behind the vault. It might be everywhere. I kind of feel like I want... I keep telling you I want to be in the mausoleum, but now I don't know if I do or not. I don't want my innards to explode. <laughs> be embarrassing. You want to throw in an extra one this week? Sure. Let's do an extra one. This is a deer fact, as in the like the animal. The deer, okay. Animal. Deer will lay on decomposing corpses because they produce heat, and the deer like that. So basically, deer treat corpses as their personal sauna. Hmm. So if a deer goes to the woods and it sees a dead body of any kind, it'll lay on it. Why are you just trying to keep it warm? Remember when, uh, what's his name, Leonardo, the crappy girl got inside that deer? You got our demon laid inside for shelter? Oh, yeah. Ooh. That's a completely different thing. I know. That just made me think of that. All right, guys. That wraps it up for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you.